Hey there, welcome to the Favorite Church Podcast. We are a church for imperfect people who want to know God and make Him famous. In this episode, we'll be revisiting a message from one of our Sundays in church. Thank you, Favorite Church. It's amazing to be here. Hey, can you just give up a shout at Jesus right now? Lift up His name. Come on. He is good. He is good. Amen. Hey, I... I just want to thank our, the worship team. You know, I, you may not know this, but Amy and I have been watching online since 2020. Since you guys went online, we've been watching online and been blessed, not just by the, the leadership and the preaching from Pastor James and Pastor Kate, but the worship that happens every single week. And there is such an anointing on your worship team here. I mean, w- my wife cries a lot when, when you guys are on and... Uh, we have been so blessed and there's such an anointing on what God is doing through this, this worship team. And don't take it for granted. Press into the presence of God every single week. Chase after God. Allow Him to develop you and allow these moments to be moments of refreshing and anointing. And uh, you know, your world is gonna change as you chase after the presence of God and allow this team to lead you. Can we thank them one more time? Thank you. Well. Pastor James and Kate. Uh, James said we've been friends for a long time. You know, uh, the, the call of God I felt first for my life was actually through some McDonald's conversations with Pastor James. Uh, late at night, we went to college together and, and we would be having a Big Mac. Well, he'd have, he likes quarter pounders. And so we'd be having a burger and fries. And uh, just in those conversations, something began to stir in me that, that God had something for me in ministry. Uh, I'd studied education and was a, a primary school teacher for, for 14 years, but, but God really began to unlock something in my life just through those conversations. Uh, Pastor James and I, we got up to some mischief. We've done some stupid things, uh, but the grace of God covers all of our mistakes. Amen. And uh, I actually saw Pastor James and Kate when they got together. It was like this, this beautiful little romance blossoming. And uh, James takes responsibility for setting my wife uh, and I up. Uh, but I like to think that I was a, a nice voice of reason for James as he was thinking about asking Caitlin out. And uh, they're, they're the best of friends. I actually moved in with James when, just after uh, his first wife, Daniil, had passed away. I moved in to help him out. But the truth is, I think I benefited more from moving in with Pastor James than what he did. I mean, just... just being around him, right? The laughs, the, the inappropriate laughs. It was just, it was unreal. It was so good. Uh, we were here last in 2019 before the pandemic. Uh, Albie and Dawn had just started dating. They were pretty new in their relationship. Dawn was still weighing up. Is this the guy for me? Uh, I think she's made a decision now that yes, he is. Jake was single. He was uh, this skinny young man from Melbourne. He's still a, young, a skinny young man from Melbourne, but met the beautiful Tammy. And we've just been so blessed that we have been able to be a little part of the journey so far from a distance and really excited about what God's going to do in Favourite Church Brisbane. One week away, and uh, it, it's going to be good. Hey, uh, if you've got a Bible, I would love for you to open it up to Acts chapter 16. We're going to be going for a little bit of a journey today through this awesome passage of scripture. As you're getting that ready, my wife and I have been married for 14 years. 
three beautiful daughters. We've got a picture on the screen, and uh, you're going to have a look at them. They're, they're good-looking kids. Thankfully, they look like their mom. Uh, that's the best photo we could get because they refuse, or at least one refuses at every point of time to do what you're meant to do. Uh, so that's good. Hey, you know one thing about the Bible? I love the Word of God. But the truth is that if you want the Word of God to be meaningful for you, it will be meaningful for you. But if you treat it just like a textbook or a, a thing to put your coffee cup on, then it's actually going to have no value to your life. But if you allow the Word of God to penetrate your heart, if you allow God to speak to you through the words on the pages, then it will actually begin to transform you and it will actually lift you up into the calling that God has got on your life. And so today, as we look through scripture, I'm, it's my prayer that you would allow the Word of God to not just be something that you hear but that it would actually be something that begins to do a good work inside of you, that your heart and your soul would begin to be transformed. Acts chapter 16. Paul has just received a vision from God that he's to travel to Macedonia and preach the gospel. And so him and Silas set out on this journey. They've heard what God wants to say. They're obedient to the call of God, and they go and do it. And in verse 16, God starts to move. It says, Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. Verse 18, she kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews, and they are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped, beaten with rods. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. Who knows that following Jesus isn't always smooth sailing? Paul and Silas heard God's voice. They were obedient to do what he asked them to do. And on their journey, they're ministering, they're serving him. And what happens? Everything goes wrong. They deliver a girl who's been possessed by a demon. And then people turn on them like they've done something wrong. They're they're beaten. They're thrown into prison. This is a bad day. They're not excited about the fact that every, every time they're getting hit, They're not excited about being in prison. They're not having a great day. But God is good. God is faithful. And I want to encourage you today that you will go through seasons that are tough. There will be moments in your life that are not pleasant. There will be times where you will face pain. There will be times of frustration. There will be times of difficulty. And yet God is always good. God is always faithful. And in the midst of trouble, in the midst of difficulties, we can still give praise to Jesus. But sometimes, that's not what we do. Having a bad day. The kids aren't doing what they're told. You failed the exam. 
got an unexpected uh, bill in the mail and you've got to pay this money, the car breaks down, things are not happening as they're meant to. And instead of seeing God in the middle of it, we ask this question, where are you, God? Where are you? Are you good? What we're ultimately doing is we're interpreting God through the lens of our circumstances. We're saying, hey, God, this is what's happening to me. Are you good? You see, I've seen way too many Christians come to faith because they've been promised that life would be amazing when they accept Jesus Christ. And the moment that that life starts to unravel, in the moment where things start to get tough, they turn their back on God because the thought that they had was that everything is going to be good all the time. And in the moments of difficulties, they interpret God through that difficulty and say, well, God obviously isn't real because my life isn't what it was meant to be. Interpreting God through our circumstances. The truth is we should never interpret God by what happens to us, good or bad. But rather we should interpret our situation, the circumstance, the season that we go through, through the lens of God's word that tells us about who God is. God is good. No matter what's happening right now, God is good. God is faithful. Even though I don't know what he's doing, God is faithful and he's with me in it all. We've got to interpret life through the lens of who God is and we find that through the word of God. My message title today, if you're taking notes, is really simple. It's that God is still working, still working in the troubles, in the difficulties, in the good times, on the mountaintops and in the valleys. He is still working. He is still working. In one of Paul's letter to the Roman church in, in Romans chapter 8, Paul addresses this exact situation. He addresses the fact that life doesn't always turn out the way you hoped, that we go through suffering, that there are things that turn, go wrong in our life. And Paul addresses this moment in one of the most quoted scriptures in the Bible in Romans 8.28. We see this incredible insight about God, and it says, we know that in all things. Everyone say all things. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. See, Romans 8 is not a, a brushstroke over your life to say everything is going to be okay and that everything will be good in every moment. No, Romans 8.28 is a call to hold on to God. That in the midst of difficult seasons, you can still hold on to God in the hope that things will turn around. But it won't always be in this lifetime. It won't always be in the way that you thought it would work out. But God will turn it to good. He is still working. God is working. And through the course of time, whether in your life or in someone else's in generations to come, those things will be turned around and worked for good. You see, the context and the depth of this scripture is where the power is at. It's not just something that you can put on social media when you're having a bad day. Oh, God's still working. No, it's the life raft that we hold on to when things are going bad. It's the thing that we cling to when we need hope in Jesus. You can always say that God has got a plan, that God's got a purpose, that God will do something good. Whether I see it or not, God is still working. Amy and I have got three amazing daughters, uh, which is a miracle in itself because 
Have you ever been in a delivery room when a baby is born? I mean, I'm amazed that she let me come near her after our first first daughter was born. I mean, any woman has given birth more than once. You're either crazy or you love abundantly. Because giving birth is one of the most horrific things that I've ever seen. I mean, my Lord. I don't know if it was meant to be like this before the fall of Adam and Eve into sin. I feel like God must have had a greater plan originally, but sin caused this to happen. And so we have children and they are born in the most excruciating pain. And, and I'm not even talking about Amy, I'm talking about me. I had back pains. I had to hold the shower hose on her for hours. I mean, where was the nurse fanning me? Where was someone offering me a drink when I was going through that? Forget Amy, why did I go back again for two and three? The truth is, you see purpose in the pain when you hold that baby for the first time. I mean, when I held my daughter Grace for the very first time, I was convinced without a doubt, God made this child. I mean, she was perfect in every way. And now, when she is misbehaving and rebellious, I keep going back to that moment. No, God made this child. God has got a plan. You know, giving birth, it's a perfect example that there is purpose in pain. There is purpose in frustrating. In frustrating seasons, there is a purpose. God's doing something. And we just have to come to that point of trust sometimes that God is still working. God is still working. You may not ever really understand it, but God is still working. Whether it's in your internal character or because it's going to be a situation that will result in people giving praise to God. God is still working. Commit to the season that you're in. Allow God to develop that godly character inside of you. Paul calls the Roman church in Romans 8.28 to endure, to push through the persecution to push through the opposition to your faith, to see it through to the end, to finish the race that God has called you to. I want to today just take a few moments to look at the the depth of this scripture, Romans 8.28, and really just unpack it because it's in this. You see, don't just read the Bible because you think it's something you should do. Don't just read the, the verse of the day that comes up on your Bible app and go, excellent, tick that off, I did it for the day. No, I'll read God's word and let it get inside of you. Let the depth of the riches of God's word come inside of you. You see, the passage starts with this thing of all things. And the Greek word for all things is this word panta. And essentially what that means is it means both your good and your bad moments. That's what God's referring to. In the painful and the confusing and the frustrating moments in those things. But also in the mountaintops when you get the great grade, when you make the sporting team, when you get the job promotion, in all of those things, every single thing God is talking about in this passage of Scripture. Now, the team's going to bring up a few things for me in just a moment. You see, our daughters love their birthdays. And one of the traditions in our family is that we make cakes. I would love to buy cakes. I I don't really want to bake them because what ends up happening is Amy says, hey, we've got to bake this cake. And we end up doing it on the night before the birthday party. And we're up till midnight because Amy likes to do, we we have this thing called Women's Weekly in Australia. 
and there's these incredible extravagant cakes, but they take hours to decorate. And Albie, I'm going to get you to come on up as well. Albie, this is actually payback for last time I was here. Albie took me to the gym when I was here last time. I couldn't move my arms for three days afterwards. Come on over here, Albie. Cakes have got many ingredients. <laughs> By the way, Albie, I should thank you. I should thank you. Uh, when I was here last, I was just over 90 kilos. Yeah. Um, because, because of what you put me through at the gym, I decided I needed to go to the gym. Uh, and I've lost 12 kilos. Wow. There you right. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, I think so. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> but I haven't forgotten the pain that you put me through. And so Sorry. you're here to help me. You see, cakes have many ingredients. Now, here we've got some flour. When you, when you make a cake, you, you usually put some flour in. Now, Albie, what you're going to do is I want you to taste some flour. Yeah, yeah, really. I'm not joking. Yeah, give him a round of applause. Yeah. Now, I want you to eat that. Enjoy it. Enjoy the flavor. Now, let's go back to our, let's go back to our scripture for a moment. In all things. So we've got all the ingredients here for a cake. And you're enjoying every one of them, right? I mean, <laughs> just tell us how good it is. <laughs> Albie loves it. You see, all things. You can spit that out if you want. Or if there's a drink of water, you can mix that around. Make a cake in your mouth. You see, in life, we all want the finished cake, right? We want the finished product. We want the sweetness of it, the taste of it. But the truth is that a cake doesn't start off like this. It's got many ingredients. So we've got, we've got some flour. We've also got some eggs. Now, I had considered bringing balut, uh, but, but I didn't because I hate that. Uh, all right, so we've got some egg, a few bit of shell there as well. Thank you. I'm going to use your tissue with spit on it. You don't have COVID, it's okay. All right, so we've got egg. And of course, you beat the egg up. Albie likes to work out, so this has got lots of protein in it. It's going to help him. Okay, so you have some good seasons, you have some bad seasons. Albie, Albie and Dawn have a fight, and he's got to have the egg, the season of egg. Please enjoy. Yeah, yeah, or just, just a taste, just a taste. Enjoy that. Turn, turn around. You like that, right? That's good. Hey, can we thank Albie? He needs to go and um, visit the, the CR. Albie, I'm going to need that bowl. I'm going to need that bowl, Albie. Thanks. I need the bowl, yeah. That's okay. I'm not getting anyone else to eat it. Just you. I'll be here at the 4 p.m. as well, and Albie will be back with me then. Life has different seasons, right? You've got seasons of flour, you've got seasons of eggs. You've got these hard times. You've got good times, but God is still working. He's mixing those things together. He's using it for something of a greater purpose. And so I want to encourage you that whatever season you're in, it may feel like it's a, a season of egg or a season of flour, a season of hardship, a season of frustration, whatever the season, I want to encourage you in what comes in the next part of this scripture is that God is working. Everyone say that with me. God is working. He's still working. That whatever you're facing, God is working. You know, the words that are described here, they actually come to the English word of synergy. 
And, and it's this whole thing of that when God combines the different elements of our life together, they're, they're, together they're like a synergistic, that's probably not a word, but they're working together and the sum product of those things together turns into this incredible thing. I love what some of the Bible commentators say. They say that the working together of various elements produce an effect greater and often completely different the sum of the individual parts. Your hard times, your good times, your frustrating seasons, the the pain of losing someone. You see, these moments, these seasons of your life, I'm not trying to tell you that those things are good. Albie did not enjoy the flower. He did not enjoy the egg. Individual moments are not always good in isolation. But when God puts them together and he starts to work them, he starts to synergize those things, that God can actually turn it around and make it something good. I can't downplay the hardships that you might have gone through. I can't belittle what you might be in the middle of. But God sees those things. I want you to hear that. God is with you in the pain of the moment. God is with you in the frustration. God is with you in every moment. But God has still got a greater purpose. He doesn't necessarily make those things happen, but God will use those things to make something great, to work it for good. God is still working. A couple of years ago, I I performed a wedding for a couple in our church. Actually, just a moment. I want to give a shout out to Rudy and Mina who are in the building today. Their parents, there we go. Their parents from people in our church in Gateway, in, uh, in Favourite Church, Brisbane. And uh, they, they came over here today to, to come and say hi, so hello. And welcome to the Samson family who are watching online in Brisbane today. But there's a couple in our church, Steph and Aaron. And I, I performed their wedding and, and we went, went to the reception. And that night we're enjoying ourselves. And we get a phone call from Amy's mother, who's looking after our children, He's looking after them now, pray for her, that's a hard job, Ah, and looking after children. He says, hey, Lucy's unwell. She's actually just vomited. I think you should come home. And I'm thinking, she'll be fine. She probably just ate something wrong. But Amy says, no, 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 we should probably go home. In fact, I'm feeling a little unwell. And so we leave the reception early and, and we go home. When we get home, Lucy comes up to me super proud. She goes, dad, I vomited three times and I haven't cried once. Hey, that's, that's powerful right there. I was, that was a proud moment for me. I'm like, hey, it's okay, darling. I took her back to bed. And, and throughout the course of the night, I lost count of how many times this little girl vomited. I mean, it was, it was close to 20 times. At about, we got home around 9 p.m. at night, 10.30, Amy's laying in bed, not feeling well. And I'm laying on the floor in Lucy's room because she's unwell. And then I just hear the noise. You know that noise? I hope you don't dry reach today. But she heard this noise coming from our ensuite where Amy was. She started to vomit. I'm like, my gosh. First my daughter, now my wife. This, this bug must be going through. And I can't even go to Amy to help her. I'm stuck with my daughter and Amy's just by herself dealing with this. And that, okay, that's, that's all good. It gets to about midnight. My eldest daughter, Grace, comes in. Because, Dad, I'm not feeling well. Okay, hey, let's go to the bathroom. We get to the bathroom. That's three, three of them. And it just keeps going. Now I'm like, okay, God, 
I'm laying on the floor. It's probably two in the morning at this stage. I'm like, God, this is pretty tough. You're probably developing something inside of me, but right now I don't want to be developed. (laughs) God, I, I would like you right now to develop this in me. I would like you to develop a miracle working power being out released right now. And so in the name of Jesus, I command every vomit to stop. And that's when I hear my youngest daughter cry. I get up from the ground and I run to her room. And my, she was 18 months at the time, standing in her cot, vomit everywhere. Oh my Lord. I pick her up and I run her to the toilet. CR, Australians call it toilet. CR, I run her to the CR. We're just about there. And all over me, all over my face and all over the wall. This was a night to remember. Now, I would love to say that was it. It wasn't. I ended up calling the ambulance at about 4 a.m. This is in the middle of COVID. And they say, hey, look, we hear you, hear you. My wife has actually fainted and we'd love to come and help, but we don't want to. Because COVID is so prevalent at the moment, if she can stand, she'll be okay. We called our doctor friends. They come over. They actually set up an IV drip in our bedroom. So Amy's going through this. Eventually, I call the ambulance again. I'm like, this isn't good enough. We need someone. They come. They're dressed in full PPE. They've got gloves. They're, They're covered every single part of their skin. They come in and say, look, it's going to be okay as long as you don't get sick. I'm like, cool, six in the morning at this stage, should be okay. 6.30, it starts to rumble. It starts to stir. And then for the next eight hours, I was on my knees in the CR, giving praise to Jesus, (laughs) being purged of every evil thing that I'd ever done. You'll go through seasons like that sometimes. Seasons that you wish didn't happen where you're praying for something and it doesn't seem to come to pass. The question we have to ask is, is God still good in all things or is he only good in some things? I'm here to tell you that whatever pain you're in, whatever frustrating moment you're going through, God is still good. God is still working. Let him do what he's going to do so that good things can happen. I am a better man for that night. I have developed a greater compassion for people that are unwell. Something that would not have developed in me if I hadn't gone through the moment. Did I, do I want that to happen again? No. But God is still working. God works these things for good. You've got to see your pain through the perspective of purpose. See your season that you're in through, the, through this lens of God is still working. But the verse continues. God is still working. But it goes on to say, and he works those things for good for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. God is still working for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You see, this is where it really starts to become practical for us. We always want God to work things for good. 
but we're not always willing to submit to his plan for our lives. We want the blessing. We want, we want his favor being poured out upon us, but we're not always willing to say, God, I will do whatever you've asked me to do. I'll be obedient to what you've asked of me. God calls us and he says, hey, I want to pour out all of these blessings and fulfill these promises for your life. But at the moment, what you're resisting my purpose for you. You're not saying yes. You're not, you're not taking that step. You're not joining the connect group. You're not saying yes to being on a team. When we say yes to God and we say yes to loving him, it is more than just a romantic feeling in our heart. If my love for Amy was only romance, I would not help her out when the kids are screaming. If my love for Amy was only romance, I wouldn't have been there in the hospital room when the kids were born. But love is more than a romantic feeling or a goosebump on your hands. God calls us to love him. And we read what that love actually means in John chapter 14. In John chapter 14, Jesus replies and he says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Love and obedience, they go hand in hand. Love and obedience work together. And Paul reminds us that truly loving Jesus also requires us to know Jesus and to do what he calls us to do. It's not a religious rule that we follow. Oh, God says we should do this, 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 this. No, no, no. You have to learn to know who Jesus is. Allow the Holy Spirit inside of you and let him start to transform you from the inside out, revealing the truth of God's identity to you. And as you start to realize who Jesus is, who the person of God is, you'll actually see that God is loving, that God is caring, he is patient, that he sets us an example to live, not just by rules, but by who he is. And when we're obedient to Jesus, we're actually not just following his instruction, but we're following his example. Jesus loved his neighbor as himself. He sacrificed his life on the cross. That's Christ's example to us. And Jesus calls us to be obedient to him, to his example and his instruction. God works all things for good for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. What has God placed in your heart? What has God asked of you that so far you've resisted doing? What has God placed on you? It might just be, hey, uh, you feel stirred in your spirit to go and reach out to the person that, that works next door to you. You've noticed they're not, real, they're not real happy at the moment. And you feel God calling you and stirring you to go and reach out and say, hey, what's going on? Can I help you? But so far you've allowed fear to rob you and you haven't stepped into that. You haven't been obedient. God's calling you to be obedient. It may be that you need to say sorry to someone. Say sorry to your wife for the way that you treated her. Say sorry to your husband for, for the way you've been nagging him. Let the Holy Spirit stir you and respond with love, which is obedience. Obedience to what God is doing. Maybe there's something in your life that you know that you need to give up. Maybe it's a, a toxic relationship. And God's been saying, hey, you've got, to, you've got to get out of that situation. You shouldn't be with that girl. You shouldn't be with that guy. I'm not talking about marriage. Let's just say that right now. Don't interpret that wrong. 
But maybe you're dating someone you shouldn't be dating. God works all things for good for those who love him or are obedient to him. A lot of the promises of God that haven't been fulfilled in our life is because we're living in rebellion to him. I mean, why would God pour out all of his promises for you if you weren't even living for him? Let's be obedient. God might have been stirring your heart. Hey, you need to start tithing. But so far it's like, oh yeah, I prefer to spend it on this. No, no, no. Submit your finances unto God and watch him bless you abundantly. You know, this is just a side thing. You guys have got this great building project and I'm so believing with you and for you that in the Manila, you're going to build this multi-million dollar facility that is going to be a blessing, not just to your church, but to the city and the nation. I I loved Vision Sunday and just hearing the heart of this church for what you want God to do. But it's going to require money. It's going to require everyone being obedient to actually sow into the next generation. We in Brisbane have got this amazing facility, but for many years we sacrificed and sowed into that and are continuing to sow into that. But we're living in the promise of God because people were obedient to that. If everyone would just say yes to God, be obedient to Him, you will see the promises of God start to be outworked in your life. Obedience unlocks the available promises of God in your life. Let's be people that allow God to continue to work, continue to move, and let's be people that love him even through obedience. I love how Acts chapter 16 continues the story. Paul and Silas are in prison. Paul and Silas have been through hell. They've they've been beaten. They're, They're locked up. And they're in this horrible situation. But in verse 25, you've got to catch their response. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was an earthquake that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword, was about to kill himself because he thought that the prisoners had escaped. Could I get someone on keys? That would be awesome. But Paul shouted out, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell, trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to them and all the others in the house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into the house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Paul and Silas, they had a bad day. They ministered God's word obediently. They shared the good news with those who came about. They set a woman free through the name of Jesus from this demonic possession. And yet, at that moment, people turned on them. People brought them before the magistrates. They 
They beat them and then they threw them into jail. They had a bad day. Not everything in life is good. Not every moment is rainbows and smiles and blessings. There are hard times. There are terrible things that will happen to you. Firstly, you need to know, God does not cause those bad things to happen. We live in a world that is not perfect. We live in a world that is influenced by the decisions that we make. Sometimes we bring things on from ourselves by the stupid choices that we make. God doesn't make those bad things happen, but God can work those things still for good. They had a bad day. They went through some hard times. I know in this room there are people going through hard times right now. Maybe you've got a relationship that is just it's barely holding together. Maybe, you've, maybe your finances are just completely, completely a mess. Life isn't what you hoped it would be. God's good. He's still working. Paul and Silas in prison made a choice. They made a choice not to wallow in the misery of their season. They made a choice not to complain. They made a choice to praise God. To focus not on themselves, but to focus on the goodness of Jesus Christ. To focus on their salvation. To focus on what they have received, not what they had lost. And favourite church, we need to make a choice that we will fix our eyes on Jesus. To fix our eyes on Him who saved us from every sin, every mistake, every shortcoming. We've got to fix our eyes on Jesus. Not on the beatings. Not in the jailing, but they fix their eyes on Jesus and they praise Him. Did their situation get better in the moment? No. They were still in prison. But God worked those things for good. And the jailer and his entire household came to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. God is still good and He is still working. Sometimes the good that comes from the things we go through are not for our benefit, but for the people around about us. God is good and He is still working. Favorite church, would you stand to your feet? Our pain is still painful. Our frustrations are still frustrating. Waiting is still hard. But God is good. God is good. God is still working. God is still working. God is still working. Come on, I want you to say that with me. God is still working. Say it again. God is still working. God is working in you. He's working in the person next to you. God is still working. We are not perfect and yet God is and He is good and He is still working. Across this place, if you could just close your eyes for a moment, I just want to pray for some of you. You see, some of you came here today without necessarily a plan of why you're here. Maybe somebody invited you along. Maybe you came out of a, of a tradition that you follow every single week. But if you're honest with yourself, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. If you're honest with yourself, if you, if you were to say to me today, hey, I know about God, but I don't have a relationship with Him. Maybe today you're hearing a message about Jesus Christ for the very first time. I want to tell you that Jesus loves you. That Jesus actually chose 
to pay the penalty for our sins. And the Bible tells us that the penalty for our sins is death. That we should die for the mistakes that we had made but, and be separated from God. But God never wanted that for us. God never wanted us to be separated from Him. And so He made a way. And that was Jesus. Jesus came and He took the penalty for our sin. He died on a cross to take the price and the penalty of that sin away so that we might have relationship with God. And today, no matter what you have done in the past, no matter how far you have strayed from God, God is still good. He still loves you. And He is reaching down to you today to say, hey, if you would give me your life, then He will come into your life. He will transform your life. And He will give you eternal life forevermore when you leave this life and go to be with Him in heaven. It's crazy because the truth is not any one of us is good enough to receive this gift. Not one of us can, can do enough good works. Not one of us can give enough money. We can never earn the gift of God. The gift of God is a free gift from God to us. And all we have to do is receive it. The Bible tells us in Romans that if we confess our sins to Jesus, that He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And today God wants to forgive you. He wants to bring you into relationship with Him. If you just close your eyes for a moment, today, whether you're here in the room or if you're watching online, today, if you want to have a relationship with Jesus, I don't want to embarrass you, but I do want you to respond to God. Would you just simply raise your hand right now where you are to say, hey, yeah, I want to have a relationship with Jesus. I want to have an encounter with Him. I want to give my life to Him. That's amazing. Come on. I want you to pray with this prayer with me. If you're watching online, there'll be prompts on the screen which you can follow. But would you pray this prayer simply of receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Repeat this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I confess that I've sinned. I've made many mistakes. But I choose today to give you my life and live for you. Today, I'm becoming a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, would you put your hands together for everyone that responded today? the best decision you could ever make. So good. Hey, I want to pray for you today. I believe that God wants to minister to you. That you've been going through some hard things and, and God really wants to release you of the burden that you've been carrying. Some of you have been going through an all things moment. A moment where, hey, not everything's going all right. You've got some pain. But God wants to minister to you today. He wants to heal hearts. He wants to set people free. He wants to encourage you and strengthen you. Right now in this place, if you're going through a moment in your life, a season where not everything is going good, would you just simply raise your hands to Jesus and allow Him to start to heal you. Allow Him to start to move. Oh Jesus, I just thank You for every single person in this place that You would just start to touch their life that you would take the burdens from them. Jesus, that you would minister to them, that you would meet every single need. Heal them, I pray, God. Heal them, I pray. Heal the broken hearts. Bring families back together. I thank you, Jesus, that in all things, in all things, that you are working for good, that you are doing a good thing in the mighty name of Jesus. Church, you gotta keep trusting God. You gotta keep trusting Jesus that He is still moving. You know, just finally, I mentioned it before that we all want the promises of God. 
We all want the blessings. The truth is, sometimes we're not living in obedience to Him. If you want, if you want all that God has got for you, it starts first with surrender. It starts with us just saying, Jesus, whatever you want from me, I'm going to give it to you. Whatever you need from me, I'm giving it to you. So in this place, if you just need to say, God, I'm choosing to obey you today, just raise your hands. Raise your hands. Say, I'm going to obey you. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I'm choosing to obey. I'm surrendering my life again. Wherever you call me, I will go. Whatever you ask me to give, I will give. Whatever sacrifice is required, I will make that sacrifice because Jesus, I'm living for you. God, I thank you for favour, church. I thank you that in this room, that you are able to work all things for good. And I pray for every single one of us today that are making a decision to lay their life down for you, that in the name of Jesus, that we would fulfill everything that you call of us, that we would step in obedience into all that you've got for us in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, church, we're going to worship Him together today. Thank you so much for listening in. At Favorite Church, we're a family, and we believe that the Christian journey should not be done alone. If something really spoke to you from the message, we would love to connect with you to talk it over. Or if you prayed the salvation prayer, we'd also love to be able to share more about the decision that you've just made. Please visit us at favor.church next to learn more. If you want to share this podcast with a friend, simply tap on the share button and send it through. We love you. We're praying for you. Till next time.